Welcome to Live Well with Southwell. Southwell is dedicated to helping you be equipped with the best tools and knowledge to make sure you and your family live a healthy life. Live Well with Southwell features interviews with experts across many areas of healthcare and wellness. We hope you enjoy listening and most importantly, living well. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Liza Tillman, and today we are joined by Dr. Abby Saxena. Dr. Saxena is a board-certified psychiatrist who is the medical director of the Sylvia Barr Center and the Southwell Behavioral Health Department. Dr. Saxena is here today to help give us some tips on managing depression and stress during the holidays. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Saxena. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're excited. So you're not necessarily new to us. Um, so uh, this is kind of your second time around being with us at TIFF Regional and Southwell. Um, but for those who don't know you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your family, where you're from, and your educational background? Yeah, I feel like I'm back home uh, yeah. because I, I grew up in Macon, Georgia. So uh-huh. just a little bit up the interstate. And I uh, you know, lived in Georgia my whole life besides for a few years of training. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, grew up in Macon, like I said, went to the university of Georgia, did my medical school at Mercer. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents actually came here from India in the 1980s. Yeah. And, uh, so I grew up here, but, uh, my parents, you know, have taught me a lot of things about Indian background mm-hmm. and, uh, stuff from around here, which is pretty cool. And, um, I, uh, have, um, two kids. I'm married. Mm-hmm. Uh, my oldest kid is three. My youngest daughter is one. And, uh, keep yeah. you busy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's never dull around the house, so. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I know we're so excited to have you back um, at Southwell. So how long have you been with us at Southwell, and how long have you been away, quote unquote? Yeah, so I've actually only been back since October 1st. Right. Um, Very excited, rejuvenated. Um, You know, uh, I was away for two years. I was working uh, where I trained, at Vanderbilt University. That's where I did my residency training. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was wonderful, and uh, I just like it here better, so I'm back. (laughs) We're so excited to have you back. So kind of explain um, to us a little bit about your practice and what your role is at Southwell. What does that look like? Yeah, so I'm really fortunate uh, to uh, come back to a team um, that's kind of led by Amanda Ramshead. And we um, offer a lot of different services of counseling, medication management. We have nurse practitioners who can do both. We have uh, inpatient services, outpatient services. We specialize in uh, geriatrics and the inpatient side. Um, so I feel like we have a lot to offer the community yeah. and, uh, you know, we, we, we have a pretty robust team at this point. When I first started here, I was the only provider. So there's one provider. Wow. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And so we kind of took on the challenge of, you know, serving the eight to 10 counties that we primarily mm-hmm. serve. And, uh, now I have so many great teammates that are doing a great job and most of which were here when I, um, left a couple of years ago and, mm-hmm almost all of which have stayed and continued. And part of the reason I came back because it was just so great being a part of their team. And I'm really excited to be back on their team. Yeah, I know. We're super happy to have you. So let's talk about our topic for today, um, which is just kind of the issues that can happen around the holidays, mental health wise. So um, we all know the holidays are a joyful time, but for a lot of us, it can really bring on additional stress and anxiety. And it's not super joyful for everybody. So from a mental health perspective, what do people usually struggle with the most during the holidays, would you say? Yeah, it's so interesting because, you know, even in your question, you covered so many different topics. (laughs) The the, um, idea that everyone's supposed to be having the time of their life, November, December, Um, and you know, with social media, you see pictures and, uh, families coming together, which is all beautiful and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Uh, but for some folks, it brings on more anxiety. Some folks who don't have as many family members or friends feel more isolated. Mm -hmm. Uh, weather gets a little cooler, a little bit darker, less sunlight, 
we stay indoors more. Mm-hmm. And so there tends to be a little bit of an uptick in anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And uh, just something for people to kind of keep an eye out, you know, make sure they're doing okay, make sure their neighbors are doing okay, their family members are doing okay. Mm-hmm. And this is an added element. Um, this is one of the first holidays after we've experienced, you know, a year and a half, two years of yeah. a lot of difficult times, maybe sure. even um, staying away from loved ones that are maybe older or mm-hmm. sick or anything like that. Yeah. Kind of an opportunity to get back together, get back together safely. Um, and, uh, you know, it brings up a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of, a few things that come to mind are maybe if you're not, especially here in the South, we are tend to be close to our families and I've spent a lot of time with them, but for some people, um, this might be the first time they're around their family, maybe just a few times a year. And, um, of course we love our families, but sometimes we can have differences just, you know, on the way that we see things and our perspectives and political things. What, um, do you tend to see people who are really almost dreading being around their family? Um, and how do they kind of handle that? Yeah, absolutely. You see the whole, uh, full range of spectrum. You know, some people just can't wait to get back together. Other folks kind of were like a little bit uh, nervous about it. Yeah. Um, you know, the way you kind of approach it is really important. So first of all, kind of know what, which one of those or where on the spectrum you are. Are you somebody that when you see the family, you want to be there all the time? You're the person Mm -hmm. who's in the living room, helping in the kitchen, all around, like all in? Or are you better served with pockets of time? Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe get your hotel instead of staying at the house and coming in for uh, scheduled hours or, or, you know, Mm -hmm. bursts of time with your family and then kind of being able to retreat back to a place where you can kind of rest, regroup. Um, So kind of know that about yourself and then start from there. Mm -hmm. And then also think about, are there family members or friends that kind of bring out some feelings in you that can be negative or frustrating Mm -hmm. um, and and plant, you know, just know Mm -hmm. like, well, at this dinner, this side of the family, this will be sort of what I need to be ready for. And you can kind of visualize and think about it in the days to weeks leading up to it. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, writing down things and taking notes or just kind of thinking about it before you go into it is probably some of the best advice I can give. Yeah. Um, easier said than done. Right. But, but it is, <laughs> it is worthwhile. If you find that you really like your family, you talk really well, yeah. text, uh, communicate, but when you're together for extended periods of times, things don't go great. Right. Try to adjust and learn from it because that's all we can really do. That's right. And do you, how important do you think it is to set boundaries for things? Like, I, that's kind of what I heard you talk about is yeah. like not just showing up and winging it. And if it, it really does affect you a lot, take the time to set those boundaries, right? Boundaries are really important during yeah. this time. You know, you yeah. see people that don't set the boundaries, but then later they have, a, you know, a really distressing event or they say something they shouldn't have said or right. they, they kind of just explode. Yeah. Um, and it's because they were not good at setting these boundaries to begin with. Uh, boundaries are a good thing. So if you know, like, this is something that just doesn't go well, um, politely or in your own strategic way, figure out a way to kind of protect yourself or protect your family or loved one. Um, but at the same time, Lean in, you know, like enjoy it, um, do the best that you can to um, really value this time. This is something all of us, I think, uh, now will never take for granted. You know, the idea of sitting around a table with uh, people from all over the country, all over the state and being able to reconnect in person um, that some of that was taken away from folks. And, um, you know, a lot of folks, it was not taken away. So, So if this is kind of the same as last year, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If this is a very different holiday than last year, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same thing there, try to be very respectful. There'll be some people, especially we don't know how 
COVID numbers, flu numbers will be doing sure. by November, December. Yeah. Um, and so try to think about if someone's a little bit more careful, they would prefer you, you know, wear a mask or you stay a little bit uh, further away, do that. And, um, you know, by then there will be more recommendations and things. So just follow the recommendations and um, be respectful of each other's thoughts. So I kind of mentioned political differences and that's always one of the things you just maybe try to avoid, you know, if, if you know, that's a hot topic, but um, COVID in general, not just the, the healthcare aspect of it has become such a hot topic. Um, and, and you may have family members who are, very pro vaccine or anti vaccine, or like you said, social distancing and masking and things like that. Um, would you say the same kind of thing applies to that? And just knowing that it's, let's say you are very pro vaccine, pro mask, all this stuff. And you know, you're coming into an environment where everybody is, is against that um, or vice versa, whatever. Um, what, what would you recommend in that situation? Yeah. So believe it or not, I think we all know this. Nobody has a monopoly on being correct. Right. And so, you know, leave a lot of lead way and kind of be understanding, accepting, mm -hmm. forgive, uh, try to move on. Yeah. Um, because there are two ways to play this. Uh, most people know their family and friends well enough to sort of know where they stand. Yeah. Especially at, at this point. At this day and age, yeah. there really isn't too much, um, you know, people know where people stand for the most part. Yeah. And so there's two ways to go about it. You can kind of, uh, kind of uh, try to bring that up, try to kind of needle, try to kind of mess with it, mm -hmm. you let it kind of get worse, or you will, can kind of figure out how you can kind of either avoid it completely mm -hmm. or very respectfully talk about things. And then if things are escalating to a point uh, of no return type yeah. of thing, <laughs> politely and thoughtfully kind of back away and mm -hmm. talk about something different. Yeah. Um, but this will be here to stay, right. but it's very important for all of us to not just tear each other apart and, and mm -hmm. kind of leave the holidays tired and distressed and annoyed and frustrated where I'm not even going to come to the holidays next right, year. Right, right. Um, because this is an important time, November, December, to kind of rejuvenate, kind of be thankful, be really grateful for all that we do have. And our family is something we don't choose. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of uh, family, sometimes friends and family you do choose, but a lot of our family we don't choose. Mm -hmm. And they, they are our family and they always will be. Yeah. Um, so it's important to kind of try to balance these things as best as possible. Yeah. So another aspect of um, things that could be difficult of the holidays are um, just reminders of people that aren't with you anymore. Uh, maybe you experienced a loss around the holidays and, um, just, or even just grief from, if you still aren't able to connect because of COVID, whatever that reason is, um, do you see that the suicide rates and um, things like that have increased around the holidays? Yeah. So not just the holidays, but just simply since COVID, since some lockdowns, since things like that, there's a lot of data and more will come out um, that depression rates are up, suicidal ideation, especially in young adults are, are up by exponential amounts. Yeah. Um, and uh, overall kind of feelings of isolation, loneliness, um, burnout at work mm -hmm. um, are at levels that the American workforce actually has never seen before. Um, and so I hope, you know, some folks listening kind of can relate to that and know that they're not alone yeah. and to know that the help is out there. Like we just mentioned, we have all these services here at mm -hmm. Southwell and, you know, anywhere, get help from anywhere. And, and then the other idea is the holidays very much can remind us of people that we have lost. Um, there's family traditions that are passed on. There's people that were there were the life of the party. There were people that were always the big part of the celebration of gathering. 
and um, we may lose some of them. And that is even more important. If somebody's not feeling well, they're a little more irritable, they're not being like acting like themselves, give people a bunch of benefit of the doubt, yeah. you know, cut them some slack. We've been through some of the two of the toughest years, probably people Americans have almost ever gone through. Yeah. And so it's okay not to be okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it is, it is very important for us to kind of rally around each other, listen, check in on one another, because no one else is going to get us through this to the other side, but ourselves, our community, our friends, our family, we just have to find a way to put our differences kind of to the side and come together. And, and, you know, we will, um, th- this is, this is just another thing that we're yeah. going to figure out. And every few months we'll have a new normal, mm-hmm. but for right now it's okay not to be okay, but it's very important to reach out and be there for people and ask for help if you need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then you mentioned a little bit earlier about, um, what I've heard as seasonal depression. So it's getting darker earlier, things like that. What, um, I'm sure we could probably do a whole podcast on seasonal depression, um, but what does that look like and how does that affect people? And what are some ways to kind of overcome that? Yeah, so it's a very, in the literature, it's a very well understood phenomenon that a segment of folks do worse when the, uh, the days become shorter. There's more, uh, less sunlight, more cloud cover, you're cold, so you're, you're inside more, things like that. We're lucky in South Georgia, it doesn't get yeah. that cold. So <laughs> we're actually in the region where it does not happen as often, uh, but it's still a thing. And if you notice yourself, like every year, October, November, December, January, February, you seem to have a hard time. And then you're like kind of better the rest of the year. Talk to your doctor. There's very specific things like light therapy. Like you said, we could have a whole discussion yeah. about it, but like light therapy, specific medications. Um, and then just, just the basics, getting back to drinking plenty of water, mm-hmm. exercising, eating healthy, um, you know, talking to a counselor, talking to um, kind of a religious leader and, and kind of figuring out a way to kind of complement your whole self. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what, and you know, Amanda and I have done several podcasts about, especially around COVID about mental health and, and just kind of taking that time. What I hear from a lot of the conversations we've had is just checking in with yourself and that mindfulness. And um, I think that's something that we tend to just kind of truck along. Right. And we just, keep going and we don't really have a choice and everything. And then one day it can just explode and, and it can manifest in so many different ways. And so it seems like mental health has been a kind of a hot topic over, especially the past two years. And it seems a little bit more acceptable and, and fine for us to talk about that. Right. And so just encouraging people, would you just encourage people to take that time to check in with themselves, especially around the holidays? Yeah, I sure hope it's becoming better and better and more open to talk about mental health issues. Um, because uh, if we don't, if we don't address it, if we don't deal with it, um, we're just not going to be able to, you know, be the best society we can be. Yeah. Um, you know, for the last two years, we've done a ton to stop an infectious disease like a virus, a pathogen. But a lot of the things we've done to do that. Um, wearing masks and kind of being isolated or locked down or some places closed down schools, some places closed down restaurants. We took out the very fabric of who we are, which are social people with interactions and seeing each other's faces and uh, trying to kind of, you know, be together. We've kind of, and we have to very much protect against that becoming just how it is now. Right. Yeah. And so we kind of have to slowly get back. And part of that is checking in on yourself and making sure you're kind of like how you want to be. You're not just kind of okay 
going through the whole day, maybe seeing one person, doing everything digitally, um, texting and social media check-ins are fine, but that is not how we communicate with people. Pick up the phone and call them, right. meet them in person if they feel comfortable, yeah. do more things that you were doing maybe 2018, 2019. Right. Yeah. So I, I think this is a good way to kind of wrap this up, but how do we overcome this to make the holidays more tolerable, even if they're not necessarily enjoyable? But I think the big question is, what if your depression, anxiety, stress, whatever it is, lasts beyond the holidays? Um, what, what do we need to do next to to maybe come see you or to see somebody at your team? Like what does, and if somebody's never done that before, I've, I've talked to so many people who um, don't know where to start and they're like, do I call? Do I, you know, do I have to see a psychiatrist? Do I, can right. I just talk to a therapist? What does that look, what are those next steps? Yeah. So, so there's a, kind of a couple basic things. So if you or yourself are just not acting right or mm-hmm. acting like yourself, whatever that means is a mm-hmm. general statement that's the first kind of sign. Maybe things aren't going well. And then if they last for a while, it's not just a week, it's not just a month. It's kind of going more than that. That's another step. So like not acting like yourself, a time period has gone by, it hasn't corrected. And then if you start having what's called social dysfunction, so relationships aren't going well, or your workplace or education aren't going like they normally would, and you start having these negative consequences, Mm -hmm. that's when you are, you know, for sure, check, 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 I need to go get some help. Yeah. And how you get some help can look different for different people. So it can be as simple as you're at your primary care doctor's office for your annual visit, not even related to anything that we just talked about. Yeah. But you just say, you know what? I haven't been feeling well. What are my options? Yeah. And um, primary care doctors take care of 70% of mental health um, in our country. And so, and so they are a really good resource. Um, and, you know, if it's not a healthcare leaning thing that you want to ask help from, you know, your religious leaders in the community do a good job of connecting you with help. Um, you may even ask a friend or a family member. Um, but asking someone for help uh, is always the first step. Um, and then following through on it. So if you make yeah. an appointment the night before the, the morning of <laughs> some part, some voice in your mind is going to be like, I don't need to go. Yeah. I, I can cancel this. I'm probably just going to reschedule it for later. Try your hardest to overcome these kind of negative thoughts, mm-hmm. these negative self-talk and go ahead and show up. Yeah. I guarantee you, if you show up and see any member of our team, you will feel a lot better after seeing them, spending some time talking about your options. And then uh, you'll feel better as you leave than when you came in. Um, and so just what, that's the one thing, if you've, if you've taken all the steps to go ahead and make, uh, an appointment or something like that, go ahead and follow through on it. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think people do, I've been really, you know, I first came here in 2015, you know, there was, I think a little bit of a hesitation and I have, I have felt it in the community. Mm-hmm. People are okay getting help. People are okay talking about it more. We still have a ways to go. Sure. But I'm really proud, and especially a place, uh, you know, like like down here in South Georgia, Tiff County, Cook County, um, and, and all the surrounding counties. What what you guys, what we've been through in the last year and a half, and just seeing people just come together, mm-hmm. um, has really been uh, truly remarkable. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree. I think that we've done a good job and the best we can, but we we can't stop. Right. Like we need to continue. And I've, I've heard you talk over the years. And one of the things that I've, I've always appreciated you saying is yes, check in with yourself, but check in on other people. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're 
like you said, not just necessarily through a text message, go see somebody go. We, we most likely can do that now in different ways. And, um, I'm sure that goes such a long way with someone who is hurting and struggling. And, um, so I, I, like I said, that's always stuck out with me, um, for things that you've said. So going back a little bit to the, um, you know, kind of anticipation for a visit and things like that. So if I were to come see a therapist, cause I know you guys have those in your department versus maybe you or one of your nurse practitioners, what, what's different in those visits? Yeah, That's a really good question yeah. because it can be kind of overwhelming. We like to make things sound more fancy or right. complicated than they really are. We, <laughs> yeah. we're guilty of that all throughout healthcare. Yeah. Um, but you know, so the way I think about it is, uh, if you're not feeling well, it's usually related to your brain chemistry uh, mm-hmm. being dysregulated. Okay. Uh, and some of the things you're look, talking about there, like serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, but we don't need to get into that. What you need to know is the way you help those that chemistry get back to where it needs to be is two or threefold. You know, you need to make lifestyle changes, mm-hmm. exercise, diet, eating healthy, getting in a good sleep routine. But at some point, sometimes that's not enough. Mm-hmm. So then you you are um, you're there with options. You still have options. It's not over. You know you can't. You you, you then go talk to somebody like a counselor, a counselor or a therapist, are people that have gone to years and years of school to go through evidence based healthcare research to learn how to retrain our minds to think more positively to deal with anxiety to kind of put fear back in a corner and go out and be able to do things. Mm-hmm. So therapist appointments are usually about 45 minutes to an hour, mm-hmm. and you will spend a large amount of them um, going through thought exercises and going through the ability of kind of getting things off your chest, but also as you get to know the therapist and they get to know you, problem solving. It's a yeah. lot of problem solving mm-hmm. in the moment. You bring in things like, you know that work the other day, this happened and you bounce ideas off of each other, become somebody that you can kind of uh, get some coaching and some mentorship Mm -hmm. from. And sometimes they tell you, you know, let's try this, let's try something and see what works. Then, so that's kind of therapy and counseling. Um, The nurse practitioner and the doctors would be kind of supplementing this. So that first part is really, really important. 70, 80% of what we need to be doing. Mm -hmm. Then the final 20, 25%, again, not for everyone, but some folks, even after all that, need some more help for the serotonin and dopamine and the chemicals in their brain to get back to where it needs to be. Those folks can come see a nurse practitioner or a doctor who have, again, trained, gone to school seven, eight, 10, 12 years mm-hmm. to be able to understand how to pair your symptoms with medication that can alleviate the symptoms, help the symptoms. And uh, so basically, you would be um, getting medication from one set of appointments um, and from the other set of appointments, you'd be doing more of a counseling therapeutic approach. Okay. So what I'm hearing is that both don't necessarily have to happen at the same time. You could come see some like you or one of your um, other colleagues for medication or just come to see somebody for therapy. And just because you go to therapy doesn't necessarily mean you will need to be put on medication. That is exactly yeah. <laughs> right. There, there are different like categories yeah. of how you're doing and, and the, mm-hmm. these experts will help get you to the right place. Yeah. So you honestly, what I would say is just show up to any of those. Yeah. Just go, just go talk <laughs> yeah. to your primary care, just show up yeah. and trust the process and know that we will you know listen and care and be patient and, um, and get you where you need to be. Mm-hmm. But you're exactly right. Some people are good just doing the counseling, no medication. Other folks are good just doing the medications. 
Although I would argue they could do even better adding the counseling sure. in. Yeah. Um, and then there's some that do a mixture of both. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really helpful. I think that, um, I think just sometimes the fear of the unknown for people, especially since this isn't something that has been so common for our society, you know, um, in the past. And, but like I said, luckily it is becoming more just kind of commonplace people. You, you can tell somebody that they go to, that you go to therapy and it's not, Oh, something's wrong with you. You know? Um, Absolutely. I I think it takes a really strong, brave person to uh, make that therapy appointment or make that doctor's appointment to talk about this um, because it's way easier to kind of put it behind you and try to act like it's gone when it, and then you kind of end up wasting or or not making the most of years, months, you know, Mm -hmm. and you could have really helped yourself by just making that appointment. Yeah. So kind of tying it all back together, you know, and we, we started talking about this around the holidays, but um, you know, if maybe the stress of the holidays is a little too much for you, somebody like you and your team, you guys are there for them if they need to, to reach out to you and help you. You know, we covered some of the techniques, but like you said, really spending that time saying, okay, I'm going to go into this situation with at my aunt and uncle's house and X, Y, and Z is probably going to happen. How can I react, you know, and, and help myself so they can come see you guys for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one last thing I'd say is we were focusing on uh, the holidays, the one group of people that the last couple of years has been really difficult for mm-hmm. um, are our kind of uh, patients that are 65 and older. Yeah, yeah. Um, almost every day, the things we were reading about in the paper or the news, mm-hmm. it was quite scary to folks because every time it's like, these are the people most at risk. These are the right. folks that need to stay away. It was 65 and above very yeah. often. And folks like that um, have spent the last year and a half kind of worried even about going to the grocery store. Yeah. So there is a kind of uh, added element of if you are having trouble with memory, uh, you know, sleep, uh, concentration, mm-hmm. um, you're just not feeling like yourself, you're having trouble adjusting back, come get help, especially the Sylvia Bar Center, yeah. NADL, um, state of the art, brand new facility, um, best, some of the best people who want to help you, your mom, your dad, you know, and uh, I think we are lucky to have that in this area. And we need to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Well, I, I really appreciate you coming and telling us all about these things. And um, just, again, just kind of knowing what your resources are is, is super helpful. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Saxena. To learn more about how to make an appointment with Southwell Psychiatry, you can call 229-391-4355. If you have a loved one who is aged 55 and older and is experiencing problems with memory loss or depression, you can call the Sylvia Bar Center at 229-896-8100. And finally, if you are in crisis, you can always call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live Well with Southwell. If you have a question for a healthcare expert or a topic you'd like us to discuss, send an email to info at myselfwell.com. Until next time, live well.